Dear friends, today is the day the clown cried, and he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream, the dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. For it was the Batman who made me the happy soul I am today. How I agonized over the perfect way to thank him for that, perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face, or an exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Batmobile. But those dreams were dashed by the weasley little gunsel sitting there in our midst, the cowardly, insignificant Goneth who probably got lucky when Batman slipped on the slime trail this loser left behind. This mound of diseased hyena filth who's not fit to lick the dirt from my spats! But I digress. The time for sorrow has passed. It's time to look to a future filled with smiles. And I'll be smiling again just as soon as we take that man there and slap him in that box there and roll him into that vat of acid there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman the Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Today, in the coffin across from me, is it Batman? No, it's co-host Mike Staub. And across the table from me, a man whose reputation truly precedes him, Mr. Jordan Hugh. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, folks, today we are covering Season 1, Episode 51 in production, The Man Who Killed Batman. Oh, Sid the Squid. Sid the Squid. Uh, this is an all-timer. Yep. It's one of the most famous episodes in the series. Uh, for it many is. people, it's a favorite. It usually makes a top ten list, mm-hmm. and it often makes a top five list. And for Absolutely. some people, it's their number one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a big deal. Obviously, I opened with my very poor but loving interpretation of the Joker. I loved it. Thank you. Um, in one of his sort of classic lines. Um Listen, this is a great fucking episode. This is an episode I've been looking forward to for a long time for a very very funny reason. Oh, of course. And Mike already knows what I'm talking about. Yes. When Mike and I said we were going to do this podcast, we arbitrarily split the episodes between us. I said, I will take odds. And Mike said, fine, I'll take evens. And neither one of us, I I truly believe this, neither one of us even looked ahead to be like, all right, so which episodes are odds and which episodes are evens? But when you look through, like, what are the classic top ten episodes yeah. of Batman the Animated yeah, yeah, Series, yeah. I'm talking, like, Almost Got Him, Heart of Ice, yeah. uh, all that stuff, they are all even-numbered episodes. They are. With the exceptions of, like, one or two of them. And I looked, and I was like, fuck, what does that leave me? It left me, like, Robin's Reckoning Part 2, yeah. Clayface Part 2, yeah. Two-Face Part 2. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Uh, but... I did get to do The Man Who Killed Batman. So today is the day. Which is nice. The clown cried. This is nice. I... <laughs> this is nice. This is nice. Don't cry, please, please. It's a fantastic episode. It this is. is awesome. Yeah, so let's just dive right in. Mike, yeah, your initial it. thoughts on The Man Who Killed Batman. Yeah, man, it's great. It's a really good, fast-paced, it, the episode moves, uh, you know, Batman's really not even in it. This is there more, is really no Batman. In the there's episode. really no Batman in like, this episode. Like more than usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like it's pretty much just Sid the Squid telling you a story. Yeah, that's it. Because it's a flashback episode where Sid the Squid is telling his story to Rupert Thorne. Right. And it's really nice that we get Rupert Thorne back after so long. <laughs> we, so, we love Rupert. Thorne. Rupert Thorne's great. 
he's great. It's truly Sid's episode, and then the Joker is the other. He's yes. Joker's really the villain of the episode. Yeah, yeah. Joker's really the villain. He kind of steals the show, but yeah, he does as he is wont to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Listen, uh, as Mike said, uh, and, and my initial thoughts, the, the episode features very little Batman. Now, in the past, when we've said that, we've usually said that regarding episodes like. POV yeah. or yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Batman in my basement where it's just like, yeah, there's very little Batman, but he's still there. Yes. This episode truly has almost no Batman almost in it. He's in it like twice. He's at the very end, the very beginning. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, the mystery uh, surrounding Batman's death is filled with an episode that's just got amazing writing. And of course, it's Paul Dini. Funny jokes. The animation is gorgeous. Great storytelling. Yeah. And, then, uh, and then I think what really nails it for this episode is... This is the best Joker episode. Mm-hmm. Um, some people would say in the entire animated series, and I'd say there's there's a couple that could qualify. For me, it, for me, it is this one. Um, and uh, I think it's this particular characterization of the Joker that everyone tries to emulate. Yeah. Like, even other episodes in the animated series, it's like, can you give me the Joker you gave me in The Man Who Killed Batman? Well, because he's terrifying. He's terrifying. We've rarely seen him this good. And keep in mind, and, and this will be the tr- true going forward... Joker gets more bites at the apple than anybody. Yeah. For every one episode of another villain, Joker has five. Yes. Um, he's the arch nemesis. He's basically the co-star of this series. He he gets to do a lot, but yet in this episode where he doesn't even he's not even in the first half of the episode. No, he's not. He does his best work. Yeah. It's it's it just also shows you how much you can do with Joker in such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's, sometimes it's, it's a great Hamill performance. It, yeah, it's incredible. And also at the same time, it should also show us that we don't need a full episode on the Joker to yeah. show you how good he is. I like, would actually say the other really great Joker episode is Almost Got Him. And yeah. it's like, okay, so Joker really, if you can help it, it's not great when he's the main event. No, you almost want it's to actually rest- better as the sideshow. Yeah, you kind of want him to kind of Yeah. You want him to come in and steal the show, steal not the show. be the show. Exactly. He's way better if he steals it. Because yeah. he wants to steal the show, because um, he's the Joker. I just want to shout out at the top here, um, actor Matt Frewer. Yeah. Um, plays Sid, or Sidney Debris, Sid the Squid. Sid the Squid. Uh, does an awesome job. Matt Frewer's in a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I weirdly was introduced to him as, I think he's Moloch in the uh, Watchmen movie, the Zack Snyder oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. he's also in like, um, he's also in Zack Snyder's remake of Dawn of the Dead. He's yeah. the father who dies pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, but he, he's a great actor who's just sort of been around. He's actually, I think, even done voices for us on this show before, but he's awesome as Sid. He's almost doing like a Woody Allen. Yes, yes. A uh, very Woody Allen similar character. Um, we have Montoya in this episode who's used to great effect. Very good effect. John Vernon is back as Rupert Thorne. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike, feel free to disagree. Arlene Sorkin's performance as Harley Quinn in this episode is terrific. Yeah. It's actually about as good as she's going to get as Joker's girl. Yes. Before she makes the flip. Yes. Um, no, she's incredible. And uh, she makes the flip pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think Harley and Ivy, right? Uh, right. Harley and Ivy actually airs before this yeah. episode, which is very confusing. Harley and Ivy starts the flip. Yeah. It's by the time you get to Harley Quinnade and stuff like that, or Harley's Holiday. Right, those are later, where she yeah. really is like, oh yeah, she's not even... And then you have it to the point now where on the on her own show, Harley Quinn's own show, you know, she's flat out a hero now. Right, yeah. Like, not even anti-hero now. Right, she's well, because Harley's first flip is like, hey, I'm being abused. I don't yes. want to do this and anymore. And Joker abuses her in this episode. Correct. And, Horribly. Right. And then she's like, but I'm still a villain. Yes. And then she's kind of an anti-hero, anti-hero. for a while, yeah. like an in-between, like Suicide a neutral. Suicide Squad, Harley. Yeah. 
And then she's now she's just full hero. Now she's Birds a hero. Of prey. Yeah, full now on, full hero on hero. Yeah, yeah. Birds of Prey, Bat Family, all so that stuff. So it's a, it's an awesome arc. I will say that. Yeah, I, I love Harley Quinn. Um, I actually think Arlene Sorkin's the best of the Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, well, I, well she's you the know, OG. I do, I, mean, yeah. I, I do like Kelly Cuoco. The character's Cuoco. literally named for her. Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah. exactly. I do like Kelly Cuoco a lot. I think she does a really good job. Obviously, I like Margot Robbie a lot. Um, I'm a fan of Tara Strong as well, but I do feel like, you know, not just because she's the OG, but I think Arlene Sorkin really, it, I agree. it seems like, it seems like this was a character, well, obviously it was a character that was completely written for her, so I get it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm interested to see, and we, we wonder about this a lot, Margot Robbie is now pretty much the biggest actress in the world following yeah. Barbie, yeah. and that's basically the biggest film yeah. in a long time, yeah. maybe one of the biggest ever. Yeah, this, this summer was like dominate. If this is like the first summer in a long time and this is time capsuling us a little bit. It's 2023 right now. The summer of 2023 is the first summer in a long time where the biggest movies of the year have not been superhero movies. 100%. Barbie, which is good. It's Barbie. Yeah. It's Super Mario Brothers. And Oppenheimer. And Oppenheimer. Yeah. And then maybe Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Right. But even Guardians. Yes, it's a Marvel film. Not I really also, a superhero movie. I can't remember the last summer where the entire summer is dominated by just two movies. Yeah, I know. Because stuff is opening now yeah. that, like, it's taking over Barbie and Oppenheimer in, like, their fifth week. Yeah, and Oppenheimer is the the highest-grossing movie of all time that has not been at number one. Right. Just to show mm-hmm. you the absolute tidal wave that Barbie is. No, Barbie's a cultural Inescapable. Inescapable yeah. Barbie, yeah. It's kind of the year of the woman, in a way, because this is also... I, I didn't say that with any irony, by the way. No, no I know. It's like a weird thing to say, but, like, it is, yeah. because it's, like... This is also happening amidst this um, yeah. moment that Taylor Swift is happening, yep. too. Yep. I, I, these things are connected, is what I'm oh, saying. Oh, of course. In a cool way. In a great way. In a yeah. great way. Fantastic way. Um, so, yeah, Bar- Barbie's huge. What, getting back to Margot Robbie, she's like basically the biggest actor in the world right now. Yeah. I can't see her really going back to Harley Quinn unless it's Harley Quinn's movie. Yeah. And now I'm starting to think with Joker 2, Falia Du coming out with, soon. With Lady Gaga. With Lady Gaga. I'm like, how much longer is Margot going to play this character? Because right? She's had three or four outings? Three outings as, Mar- as um, Harley Quinn? She might have. She was in... She was two in Suicide Squad. Two, two, two Suicide Birds Squad Prey. movies, Bird of Prey. And I think that's it. I don't know if she was in Batman v Superman. I don't think so. Oh, okay, so that's oh, it. So three. No, no, no. Batman shows up in the first Suicide Squad Right, movie. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So three, yeah. she might be done. Yeah, she might be done. Um, and listen, uh, no offense to any Harley Quinn fan. I'm a huge Harley Quinn fan. I think she's kind of too good for it now. Yeah. Unless it's going to be about her. Yeah. And they never gave her a Joker that was worthy of her, so they can't do that no. story. No. Um, so no, I, they can't go back. They can't backpedal. No, no, no. I'm saying make... they would do like Harley versus Joker. Yeah, Harley. Not, yeah. not Harley with the Joker. I think we will see a Harley Quinn in whatever James Gunn new DCU is. But I guess it'll be a new actor. But it's James Gunn. It's James right, Gunn. And that's his and Harley. That's his Harley. Yeah. Daddy's Little Monster is his Harley, really. I mean, mm. now it is not really. Ayer, yeah. Ayer's Harley, but honestly, The Suicide Squad's a way better movie than Suicide Squad. And, I mean, Gunn likes to work with the same people over and yeah, over again. Right. It's just, it's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. If they do it, she it has to be her movie. Of course. None of this Birds of Prey nonsense. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. And she's going to get $100 million. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's gonna yeah. just look yeah. that. The thing is, she's uh, she's in her early thirties, early to mid thirties now, yeah. and she has a production company, mm-hmm. or or she's interested in continuing with that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, she's gonna go big. Yeah, she's gonna do nothing but huge roles from now, yeah. and she's gonna produce stuff. Yeah, you know, she's basically a new god. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's she's minted as one of the new Hollywood like 
top of the A-listers. Yeah, and good for her. I mean, she's done great work. And she's done great work. But I, I just am a little sad because I'm like, oh, does this prevent us from getting more yeah. Harley in media? Because we want more Harley, not yeah. less. I think we'll, I think we will have no fewer than three Harley Quinns moving forward. I'm okay with that. It's Lady Gaga. Whoever's going to be. They're in the certainly new- allowing multiple Batman oh, and Joker. There will be so. three, ba- three different Batman. Yeah. And I uh, know two different Batman. Pattinson and then whoever's the mainstream. Yeah, whoever's the mainstream yeah. Batman. Um, and I guess there will be two Harley Quinn, not three. So the, the two Harley Quinn we're going to see is we're going to see whoever Harley Quinn is in the Jokerverse. So it's Gaga. And then we're going to see... Actually, no, there will be three Harley Quinn because there will be one in the Jokerverse. There will be one in whatever DC's new DCU is. And Cuoco. And then there's... No, no. And then whoever the Harley Quinn will be in the Batman. Oh, so four. Because you know Matt Reeves is going to have... Oh, yeah, animated animated Harley too. So yeah, there will be four. <laughs> Jesus There will Christ. be four. Because you know Matt Reeves is putting a Harley Quinn in there. I'm sure he, he gave is. us a Joker on purpose. His Joker is real weird, but yeah, real that's weird. another episode. Anyway, anyway, um, and yeah, last thing for for any kind of a topic I wanted to get to before trivia. Um, I did say I think this is the best Joker episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's better than Laughing Fish. Yeah, it's which good. is another uh, Bruce Tim Paldini episode. Love that episode. Um, Laughing Fish is good. It's just not this. Yeah, Laughing Fish yeah. is just like. Let's go big with the Joker and yeah. use the whole episode. I'm yeah. actually like, oh, he's actually better with less. Better yeah. with less. I like I like Laughing Fish a lot, but I get it. I do. Um, I think overall, Almost Got Him is actually a better episode than mm-hmm. this one, but it's not a Joker-centric episode no. as much as he is no. the main one. Also, there. great use of Harley in that one, too. Yeah, even yeah, she has the one scene there, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, IMDb Trivia, there's a little bit here. Um, uh, the, the Swift folks that may have caught this, the Joker makes a quick pun on the Latin term corpus delicti, which means concrete evidence of a crime, using the words batus delicti, uh, nice. wondering whether or not Batman is actually dead, because he doesn't really believe that Sid killed Batman, because so. Joker is smart. Yes. Um, <laughs> Mike did this at the beginning of the episode, but Arlene Sorkin, Harley Quinn, played Amazing Grace on the kazoo, and she did this in the studio in one take. And it was so funny that the crew was laughing during her performance, and immediately after she finished, uh, Sorkin and the rest of the voice cast broke into uncontrollable laughter. And Paul Dini, who was directing the episode, said it was fortunate that she could do it in one take, as a second take like that would have been impossible to do. Okay, so I just need to let people know. Um, I've done this. I've done kazoo recordings. Okay. I've done kazoo recordings. Very silly. It is ridiculously silly. Uh-huh. So my band well, actually ha- you you did all that without the benefit of Kazoo just now. Mike, oh, yeah. Mike is a, a master trumpet player. So I he's am. got got those trained lips. Yo, know, I just for some reason my whole life I've been able to make a fake trumpet sound out of my mouth. I also do play the trumpet for real. Please demonstrate. Um Yeah, that's that's fucking poetry here. Yeah. You um, should be paying for this, people. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So so um, my band, Bad Mary, has a, a, a holiday EP called A Very Bad Christmas. Yeah. And on two of those songs, we use goofy instruments. So <laughs> on our version of the Little Drummer Boy, instead of there being some sort of solo in the middle, um, our guitar player, David, actually recorded a recorder solo that it's it was so funny to him while doing it, he <laughs> breaks mid-recording. And you can like feel him laugh at it. And then he hits this note that he definitely hit because he missed other notes from laughing because it sounds so silly. It's like, and then on the last one we did, we did a version of angels we have heard on high and we have a kazoo solo and I did the kazoo solo because nobody else could play the kazoo. Right. So I did it and it is impossible. 
not to laugh at how stupid that is. So yeah. I totally sympathize with everyone involved. Yeah, I just like picturing that moment because I can picture Hamill there yeah, and, and, and just everybody dying else and just laughing. like dying laughing. And also her like taking out, who cares? So what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, so the idea for this episode germinated from a debate between Bruce Tim and Paul Dini on whether or not they could do a Batman the Animated Series episode without Batman present for the episode. Hey, man, genius from Restriction, right? Yeah, so they did that, uh, which answers the question. I was like, oh, was this one based on something from the comics? And look, there are dozens, dozens, dozens of mm -hmm. Batman comic mm -hmm. book stories where they think Batman is dead, but not this one specifically. Yeah, no. Um, I did that big quote at the top. Uh, that's a very famous monologue. Yeah. Um, in fact, in Mark Hamill's introduction for the book, The Joker, A Visual History of the Clown Prince of Crime, he specifically mentioned the scene where Joker gives Batman solemn eulogy, uh, casually sending Sid to his death and then remarking, well, that's fun. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> Which I think is great. Perfect levity. Yeah. Hamill credits both the scene and the line, without Batman, crime has no punchline with being the single most significant moment to him getting the character of yep. the Joker. Mm -hmm. And years later, Hamill would perform the eulogy in Star Wars Celebration 6, which used to be something you could look up on YouTube, and now I see it's been taken down. Uh, gotta love Disney. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn's real name, Harleen Quinzel, is mentioned for the first time in this episode, uh, but as a oh. pseudonym. We've mentioned in previous episodes that the name Harleen Quinzel, not only is it a joke on Harlequin from the Commedia dell'arte tradition, but it's also a joke on Arlene Sorkin's yes, actual name, yes, literally yes. Harleen, Arlene Sorkin. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I also like that when she's Harleen in this episode at, at whatever, at the, the prison, yeah. she doesn't have the accent. She doesn't have she's the like accent. She's like a full, full but, thing. Oh. But she's like barely containing the sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. She's, I mean, she I does. I once served you with a subpoena. Looks him up and down. It was a small subpoena. I loved it. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I love that. Mike, I think we're diving in. Let's go. That was fun. Yeah. Who's for Chinese? <laughs> I'll have a um, General Tso's chicken. What do we think Joker orders for Chinese? Um, honestly, Joker. Beef, beef chow mein guy? I think Joker is maybe, but I can definitely see him ordering any of those chicken dishes that are like red mm. because blood. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, this is season one, episode 51, The Man Who Killed Batman. Theme song and title card, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's so We good. get the big funeral organ yeah. playing. Yeah, I love it. This title card, huge letters, the man who killed Batman. Love it. Emphasis on killed. And then at the bottom of the title card, there's like this little, small-looking, wide-eyed, round-shouldered, cartoonish little man. Yeah. Just kind of gazing out. It's not the best title card, but it's distinct. It's great. I, I You're right. It's not the best, but it's good. It's very good. Uh, and then, of course, we see... You're fucking in oh, for it. Forget it. Written by Paul Dini, directed by Bruce W. Tam, and you're like, uh, and the Emmy goes too. Yeah, and which one is going to win us all the awards? Right, exactly. You know when these two get together, you're getting basically basically the best the series has to offer. Occasionally, we get other folks that do just as good, but always, 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 the, the Tim Dini episodes are quality. Basically, when you see their names on an episode together, you know you're going to be watching one of the greatest episodes of an animated series of anything of all time. 100%. It's almost like when a particular company, organization, whatever, like, they give it a seal of approval. Yes. Like, yes. and you just know it has a certain level of quality. Yeah. When you see either of their names, or especially both of their names, you know, like, all right, listen, whatever's yeah. in this episode, it's, it's going to be good. It's yeah. going to be good. 
All right. Scene one, nighttime. Rain falls, thunder and lightning crash above the skyscrapers of Gotham City. We pan down to the street, and we get that blaring funeral organ, mm-hmm. as we saw in the mm-hmm. title card. Um, we get the small shadowy figure. He's racing towards the camera, nearly stepping on a copy of the Gotham Times. Batman slain? Mysterious crime fighter missing. Uh-oh. Oh, the man no. is panting. He's running. Uh, he's like a little prey animal, right? Like a little rabbit. Yeah. Uh, gradually, we're seeing more of him as he runs. He's got short legs. He's mm-hmm. got little feet. He's a little dude. Um, and he nearly gets hit by the passing traffic. Oh, no, no. He wails. Again, like a frightened creature. Uh, he's this little, small, chubby, unimpressive guy. The more you see him, he finally arrives at the metal gates of a high rise, runs up the steps, pounds on the doors. I have to see Mr. Thorne. Haven't heard that name in a while. No, it was very nice to hear it. Yeah, Thorne, like, of course, is Gotham's crime boss. Yes. Um, we get guys that often get confused for Thorne or you think are in his orbit. You kind of have Daggett mm-hmm. at the yeah. top. Yeah. That's your corporate criminal. Yep. And then you have Thorne at the bottom. Yeah. Thorne is the underworld yes. criminal. Yes. Norman Osborn versus the Kingpin. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and in fact, Daggett looks like <laughs> Daggett just is Norman actually Osborne. both those characters kind of look like both. Those yeah, guys. if 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 Rupert Thorne was bald, he'd right. be the kingpin. Kingpin. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just need to let Daredevil know. That's that's my Vincent D'Onofrio. It's pretty good. It's not. Mine is a. There is that better. It looks Give like me sugar, skin. sugar in water. Looks like your skin's falling off your face, Earl. Edgar, Edgar, your skin's falling Edgar, off your Edgar, bones. that's it. Um. So we get uh, Rupert Thorne is stoking a fire inside of his manse there. Mm-hmm. Um, an assistant comes in to inform him that uh, Sidney Debris is there to see him. And Thorne lets him in. Sidney shows up in the flesh, and he's even smaller and less impressive, if that yeah. can be believed, than we thought he was. Yeah. He is this bumbling, um, you know, apologetic, meek little man. Yeah. Kind of looks a little like Woody Allen, maybe. A little bit. And Thorne, who's a monster, yeah. is surprisingly friendly to him. He offers him a Demitas. Oh, Demi- um, yeah, I thought that was What good. is it they're calling you now? The man who killed Batman. Sydney squirms. Uh-oh. Well, uh, yes, or, uh, no, 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 what I mean is, uh, 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 and Thorne sits in the big leather chair opposite and asks Sydney to tell him what's on his mind. And what is on Sydney's mind is the content of the episode. Yes. So we realize this is a frame story yep. that we're in. And so Sydney launches into this story about how he's been trying to climb up the rackets of the Gotham City underworld. He has this friend, Eddie G, who was telling him about this shipment that this big drug lord was getting in. Yeah, I find it funny that this episode both references drugs and the mob. Right. They straight up yeah. say drugs. And they straight up episode. say the mob. And they straight up say the mob. Yeah. Right. Um, so then we transition to the actual heist whenever this was, not mm-hmm. long ago. And we see this big propane tank. Yeah. Okay, Chekhov's propane tank. <laughs> Shadows stalk across the frame, including that of little Sidney tripping over himself. And then we get a few shots of the men stalking through the yard there and a quick convo between this guy, Eddie G, who looks like a classic 30s gangster. Very much. And some of the men, you know, they're kind of grousing. Oh, why'd you bring him? He's useless. Yeah. Um, And Eddie G says, listen, I brought him as bait for Batman. Yeah. So what they end up doing is they throw uh, Sid up on the roof of the warehouse. He's going to be like the lookout, but really he's the fall guy. Yeah, it's like, all right, he right. Like Batman He's like take the him. Red Hood, basically. Yeah. It's like, this is the guy yeah. going to fuck up so we can do the job. Yeah. So they go off to actually rob the warehouses. Um, before they send him up there to be the lookout, uh, they're kind of like pitching him this idea, right? That, listen, if he actually pulls off this job and you know makes a name for himself, he could be 
and Eddie G just makes this up on the spot based on a sign that he sees yeah, near the docks. Galama. Yeah, it says um, Coburn Calamari. Yeah. Right? Coburn Galama, right? <laughs> Sid the Squid. Yeah, Sid the Squid. And Sid is like enamored by this name. So when he's up on top of the warehouse, he's like pretending he's Sid the Squid, badass gangster. He's making like shadow puppets on the wall yeah. uh, of a squid, like tentacles. It was pretty good. Suddenly, Batman arrives. Huge light motif. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. It's the, the big, big light motif. Right, and he sends his grappling hook through Sid's little shadow puppet on the wall, and he just terrifies Sid. Yeah, I mean, so much so that down below the gangsters actually hear him wail. Yeah, so actually he does his job as a lookout because yeah, they're yeah. all like, "Oh fuck, Batman's, uh, Batman's here. here." Yeah, he's almost—he was less of a lookout, more of the canary in the coal mine. A hundred percent. Yeah, and this episode does something that I am thrilled by in narratives because I like all stories like this. Yeah. and how many stories are like this? I don't even know, but when there is someone who is totally inept. Yeah. And they have no skill or ability. Yeah. But a series of unfortunate, or I should say fortunate events happen to them, and everyone thinks that they are masterful. Yeah. Right? Tropic Thunder is this yeah. way. It's a bunch of bumbling actors, yeah. but, oh my God, they have no fear of yeah. death. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's just one example. Uh, there's that movie with um, Steve Carell and Tina Fey. Same thing. Yeah, They're a couple no. out for a date night. Oh, and, um, that's not Get Smart. Um, is it actually called Date Night? Or is that Whiskey I, Tango Foxtrot or one no, of those? No, I think it's Date Night. Date Night. Date Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Date Night. And they're like, they completely kind of dismantle everything because they're so inept. Right, but what's funny is in that movie, they keep saying to people like, we're not spies. Yeah. We're regular yeah. people. Something bad has happened. Yeah. And people are like, ah, oh, very cunning of you <laughs> to try to deceive us. And it's like, that's this kind yep. of a thing. I love movies <laughs> That's like really, that. really fun. So I, I adore this narrative. Um, so this is what's really cool. So Sid is terrified by Batman. Yes. Down below, the gangsters are watching. They're too far away to really see what's happening. It's barely lit up there. So it looks like, Mike, Sid is fighting Batman and winning. It's what it looks like. It's wild. Because what ends up happening is uh, the, the terrified Sid confesses to Batman that he's just a no-account lookout. And he doesn't know anything about the, who the drug lord is, which what's what Batman wants to know. And he accidentally attacks Batman just because he like is frightened and he trips forward on him. Then he accidentally attacks him a second time because he kind of does this like wraparound dance with yeah. an antenna on the roof. Yeah. And then Batman's like, get the fuck off me. He tells yeah. him to back yeah. off. And when he does that, Sid is so nervous, he falls off the roof. Ugh. Right? He knocks a brick off the roof. It hits the propane tank and punctures it. Yeah. I don't know if Batman sees that part, but he grabs Sid just in time to save him. Yeah. But then, like, as Sid is clambering over him to safety, the bricks collapse. Batman falls. The propane tank explodes. explodes. Batman's cape and cowl go flying into Sid's arms. Yeah. And so anyone who's watching this thinks, oh my God, Sid just killed Batman. He killed Batman. Right? They got a great line. I didn't write it down, but it's something like, ah, oh, he's all guts and no brains. Yeah. They really think they he's think, fighting they, Batman. They think he actually fought Batman. Right. And he's not. So he comes down the other side of the warehouse, and Sid's kind of trying to explain that it was an accident. He apologizes, but the men are flabbergasted. Do you know what this means? Sid the squid just off the Batman. And we get this shot of Sydney and the smoke in the shadows, and he's holding the cape and cowl, and he looks so miserable and he's nervous. He's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, and I then, killed Batman. Right. Then there's a blackout. Yeah. We get back to Thorne in the drawing room. He is smiling. Yeah. Thorne tells him he should be happy. He, he's realized every criminal's dream. He, he killed Batman. Uh, Sydney tells Thorne he has always dreamed of being a big shot. And the flashback resumes. The men are chanting, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. And they're slamming their fists on the table back at, like, I guess, like the bad guy tavern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess this is where you go after the heist, right? Yes, yeah, so you go to the bad guy tavern. Mm -hmm. 
Of course. Go back to the Wicked Apple or whatever yeah, it's called. Yeah, the Poison yeah, Apple yeah, from yeah, Shrek yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, or is it yeah, Rapunzel? Yeah. I don't remember. One of I those. don't. One of them. One of them. I don't know. All the bad guys in Shrek. The bad Guy Tavern. Yeah. They're toasting his name, and it's a great shot. It's a great animation. Sydney looks so small in like this huge chair. Yeah. And the cape and cowl are up over him. I thought in that moment, I was like, that would be the cover. Yes. Of the comic would be Sid in the little chair. Yeah. And he looks just so small and nervous. And Batman's cape and cowl are perched on the high back yeah. chair behind yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. really a great shot. Really cool stuff. Um, and they're saying things. You know, oh, the, the toughest guy in Gotham, they cheer. But Mike, there is one pirate man. Yes, I see the pirate and I'm like, this guy don't believe it. There's one pirate man arm wrestler. <laughs> he doesn't like what he hears. No, no, no. He was in over the top probably. <laughs> he was with Sly Stallone. Yeah, that's right, baby. After winning his uh, arm wrestling match, I think he killed that man. Yeah, um, I think that man <laughs> killed him within his arm. That's right. He ripped his arm out. He comes over to Sid with an idea. He says, suddenly I'm thinking if I take down the guy who took down Batman, then I'll be the toughest guy in town. Yeah, okay. So he hoists Sid to his feet, and Sid says something like, hey, listen, I'm for you. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I'm on yeah, your side. Yeah, I'm not tough. Um, luckily Sid's gang comes to his rescue and Sid just kind of gets to hide under the table while there is a full fucking bar brawl yep. that happens. There's yep. a great shot of the bartender just kind of like eating and yeah. watching the fight yeah. because he's the bartender at the bad guy tavern. Yeah. This is every night this, at this the bad guy definitely tavern. happens all the time. I mean, we saw the bad guy card game. <laughs> That's right. And the bad guy bartender, he takes the glass bowl of popcorn and he just like someone gets knocked down next to the bar and he just kind of slides it over. Yep. We get the narration uh, over the bar brawl. Sid is narrating. He says, It was nuts, I tell you. It was nuts, I tell you. Every creep in lowlife trying to get a little piece of the guy who got Batman. The barroom brawl rages on, and Sid is actually relieved when yeah. the cops show up. Yeah. We get a sliding jail bars transition to the jail. Sid is locked in with all the fucking maniacs from the tavern. Including, including the pirate guy. Including pirate guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and here's where we see Montoya, who we actually haven't seen in a while. Yeah, my, yeah, we haven't seen Montoya since we saw them after POV, but it's been a while. No, it's we haven't seen Montoya since uh, Crazy Clown Catering, um, the episode where Harley shows up with the cake because she laughs when oh. when Bullet gets kicked in the, the shin. Wow, that's all the way back with. Uh... Charlie Collins over there. Yeah, Charlie Collins. Not the last what episode lad. is that? Uh, Joker's Favor. Joker's, Joker's Favor. Favor. That was a while ago. Yeah, a long time ago. It's been a while for Montoya. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, she's walking down the cell block in the jail, telling them to simmer down and that they'll simmer be let down. out in the morning. Simmer down. It's probably a shitty detail for her because yeah. she's a detective and they have her like managing the drunk tank. Yeah. Um, it really shouldn't be her job. Um, Bullock approaches and he looks. I love this. Bullock looks and sounds devastated. Yeah, like he's actually mad and sad. He's so sad. And he says, word, in, word, word on the street came in about a homicide victim. It's it's Batman. Yeah. Sid gulps. Montoya looks shocked and hurt. What? How? Bullock explains about the explosion at the customs house and a mastermind named The Squid. And Sid is like trembling in the yeah. cell. Yeah. Madre adios, utters Montoya. I, I do like that they continue to have her use the Spanish here and there. They should. And it's also, you know, kind of also skirts around them saying, oh my God, or something like that. Because she's yeah. saying mother of God. But... Right. And it's authentic. Yeah, it's uh, real. To Montoya yeah. as a character, yeah. right? Um, mm -hmm. Bullock sends her off to go look after Gordon, who obviously is taking the oh, news very of hard. Of course. But what I love about this is like, again, it's like Bullock true colors. As yeah. much as this guy on the outside is just like a fucking asshole and you yeah. just want to punch him in the face, like... He's 
so upset that yeah. this happened to yeah. Batman. Like, yeah. is that like he now sees him as a colleague? Yeah. You know, like yeah. a good guy got it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, One of their own. Right. That's how he's taking it. Yeah. Um, so Bullock remains to interrogate the guys in lockup. You know, he's asking them, what well, you guys see anything? You know anything about this guy, the squid? And Sid trembles when Bullock questions him. But before Bullock can really get anywhere with Sid, we see a beautiful lawyer, blonde hair, glasses, dressed in red to the rescue. The giveaway is... The sound cue before you see her is <laughs> as she changes her voice. Um, and then she introduces herself as Harleen Quinzel. <laughs> she doesn't have the accent. She no. cleans up her voice. Almost goes, yeah, it goes a little like standard American. <laughs> right. She explains that Mr. Debris' bail has been paid and he doesn't have to answer any questions. And when Bullock thinks he recognizes Harley, Harley responds with, again, I have to say, I think I served you a subpoena once. And she just looks him up and down. A very small subpoena. Or, sorry, it was a small subpoena. Very good. That's fucking amazing. Very good. They slipped that in. Also here between, there's a little gap. Yeah. Where you almost hear, like, the ghost of a giggle. Like yeah. Like, she wants to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I served you a subpoena once. It was a small subpoena. <laughs> very funny. <laughs> it's so good. Her voice acting performance in the show is incredible. Unbelievable. I, the Arlene Sorkin performance rules. Very, very good. Um, next scene, we cut to a red and black car, hint, hint, driving yeah. through the streets and into the shadows. Cindy wonders aloud, who would bail me out of the jug? My mom doesn't even speak to me. Uh, Sydney coughs because the amount of makeup that Harleen is putting on is becoming overwhelming. I've taken off my makeup. Now it's time for you to take off yours. Um, my boss likes me to wear a smile to work. Sydney gasps. <gasps> This is such an appropriate reaction. Yep, yep. I know you. You work for the Joker and a look of Aww. terror on his face. And then the, the best. best transition in the episode yeah. is huge organ music. <laughs> you see the Joker's like throne in his hideout. Which is... And his face is in shadow. He's sitting on the throne like the fucking devil. And he's got Bud and Lou, the two hyenas, yeah. down by his feet. Bad fucking ass. It's... It's so good. It reminds me of the cover to the Batman Beyond movie, The Return of the Joker, where the mm. Joker's like in the chair, but like in yeah. shadow. So they clearly got that from this. Yeah. It's just truly the clown prince <laughs> yeah. like, in his yeah. throne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's a really scary transition. It reminded me a little of the Jokerless yeah. transition that is in um, Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. Remember when he leaves the message yeah. on his answering machine yeah. and you're like, this is a scary desk. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. works there? Yeah. That's Joker's hideout. Yeah. The, the guy you really don't fuck with, yes. right? <laughs> um, terrifying organ music plays. The Joker's sitting in the shadows. And again, I uh, must mention the characterization of the Joker in this scene and in this whole episode is impeccable. And the most accurate. Yeah. Yes. This becomes like the locus for all Joker yeah. characterization. Um. He meets Sid. He seemingly congratulates Sid. He's very jolly, but it's thin. Yeah, you could tell he's he's, he's being dis, it's, it's disingenuous. Right, yeah. Putting it on. He removes a spike from his glove just before shaking hands with Sid because Sid noticed the spike. Ah, force of habit. <laughs> Joker says he's going to plan a job for that night. They're going to pull a, a crime, a heist, just to make sure that Batman's really dead. Joker has a henchman named Murphy who questions this. What job are we going to pull? You know, he doesn't seem too happy about it. And Joker's response to him is to feed him to the hyenas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then we'll see how loyal a hungry dog is. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so fairly certain that Joker basically almost kills Murphy for asking a stupid question. Bud and Lou tear into him, and Harley yawns, I'll get the mop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Murphy's oh, still help. alive in the next scene, by the way. He's just bandaged up. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah. lost some fingers. He's got eaten by hyenas. <laughs> right. He is dead, but it's a cartoon. Right. Uh, that's right. All right, next scene, we get an explosion. It rocks the face of the diamond exchange. Uh, inside, Joker orders Harley to loot the safe while the others set up. He tells the boys to keep the cops busy. And if Batman really hasn't gone off to his final reward, Joker will see that he gets there. Brandishes a gun, and we get our next blackout. And then we, of Ooh. course, when we come back, we do a brief flash to Thorn pouring coffee from pitching pennies to rubbing elbows with the Joker. Not bad, Sidney. Sid continues his story, mentioning how it didn't take long for the cops to arrive. And then we flash back again to the cops on the scene. Inside the exchange, this is really where it's turning into something, the Joker is solemn. Batman isn't coming. No, it's, it's he's not. Yeah. He tells Harley to put the jewels back. And when he thinks, uh, sorry, when she thinks he's kidding, he basically like throws her. Yeah, this is rough. This yeah. is hard to watch. Yeah, so we wouldn't do this today. No. But it, it does drive a point home. Yeah. He like throws her to the ground. She like upends. She goes end over end and, and he sends her sprawling. And then she like collects everything and, and she basically responds like an abused dog. She's like, I'm putting them away. This is me putting them away. Yeah. And you're like, that's a little tough to watch. Yeah, it's a little tough. Yeah. Uh, Joker very romantically speaks about the rhythm that Sidney has disrupted, right? Yeah. The idea is that Joker goes out and commits a crime yeah. very shortly after Batman arrives. He gets yeah. caught, he gets arrested, and then the whole game starts all over again. This mm-hmm. is Joker's life. This yes. is what he thrills in. Yes. But without Batman, crime has no punchline. Which I think is a great line that That's represents... That's a very famous line, too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It also just represents what you know batman represents to the joker 100 well they are to joker yeah to joker they are yin and yang yes to joker joker's the joke and batman's the punchline exactly they are the two drama masks you cannot separate them and that's why we say on this show all the time that joker would be more more upset if batman was gone than if he you know joker wants batman to live right yeah yeah, I am. It I is very much. A, past, it's a you complete me, right? One hundred percent. I have said in the past, and I I still agree with this. If someone put out there like, if Batman died, I think Joker might kill himself. Yeah, and I say I think so. Yeah. I could see that being a thing. Yeah, and what's funny is Batman. If Joker had died, Batman. It's not that he. I don't know if he wouldn't care. It's not the same like, for Batman. No, it's not. It's not. Well, you know, let's take this all the way back to our first Joker episode, yeah. Christmas with the Joker. Mm-hmm. What was so lovely about that episode, even though it's not a good episode, is, you know, Joker's huge caper. Yeah. It didn't amount to anything other than he wanted to spend Christmas with his favorite person. Batman. Who's Batman. Yeah. And yeah, he was blowing shit up and turning yeah. the observatory into a cannon and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. But that's how he wanted to spend Christmas. Yeah. He wasn't trying to get away from anything. He wanted to be with Batman. He wasn't even trying to escape. No. He wanted to be with Batman. Yeah. yeah. Um... We uh, go to Sydney narrating through this transition now. There was a laughing gas bomb that keeps the cops busy mm-hmm. while they make their escape. Sydney's narration then takes us to Joker's famous uh, memorial scene, the eulogy. This is famous. One of the most yes. famous scenes in the series. Yes. At uh, Ace Chemicals, which in the series is like Axis Chemicals. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I, I think the comics use both, actually. I, I think so, yeah. We get an establishing shot of the factory, and then we zoom in, and then inside... Love this. Joker places a kick me sign yeah, on like the cape that. and cowl inside the I empty like coffin. I like That's that. very good. 
Uh, Harley says, you know, what's great about you, Puddin'? You really put the fun in funeral. Yeah, I got a laugh. <laughs> I laughed. As organ music plays from somewhere, Joker steps up to the lectern and delivers his most famous monologue while Harley sobs throughout. I will not repeat it because we did it at the top of the episode. Very, very good. But as Joker is getting through the end of the monologue, um, <laughs> Harley's like sobbing throughout, by the way. Um, he directs his men to grab Sidney, throw him in the coffin, steal the lid, yep. and throw him in the fucking vat of acid. Because it was, it, yeah, because he he robbed Joker. Right. Not of killing Batman. He robbed Joker. He essentially killed Joker's favorite person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Joker takes this personally. Might as well have killed yeah. a family member. Right. So, yeah. Joker's goons do exactly that. Uh, Harley pulls the lever. She does the kazoo. Amazing Grace, the conveyor belt takes the coffin into the acid, and Joker actually sheds a tear. Yeah. Uh, it's not like for a laugh. He yeah. actually sheds a tear. He to cries. him, this is him burying Batman. Yeah. And then because he's a psychopath, he says, when that's all done, he exclaims, well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? I mean, is are we ever not for Chinese? I mean, I'm, a, I'm, always, I'm up for Chinese even after I've had the Chinese. I know, I know. I can because you can go into the fridge and have more of it. Do you That's eat right. Chinese cold out of the out of the fridge? Only select items. All right. What do you do cold out of the fridge? Um, I will do a cold egg roll. Okay. I will do cold dumplings. Okay. I will do probably cold lo mein. Yeah. Well, I will. I I'm don't gonna, like cold meat. That's a thing up, with me. I'm gonna go up to bat for this. Okay. Not well. First of all, cold cuts I I, I enjoy, but I also no. I'm, but I don't like cold like General Sam's chicken. See, I do, but uh, it doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. Um, I don't think that's wrong. It's no, just, it's not. I don't like no, it. No, you don't like it. It's uh, cold noodles are wonderful. Cold noodles rule. That's like eating cold pasta. Yeah, yeah, it's one yeah, of my yeah. favorite things in the world. Cold noodles rule. It's also like a whole way to eat. From my experience in Japan, like yeah. cold soba or cold udon out of the, mm-hmm. out of the uh, they serve it cold in certain, in certain spots. Terrific. Yeah, I'm all about it. And I think lo mein you can eat cold. I think it's I think so. still good. Yeah. Anyway. Sydney narrates through the entire next segment, so he is explaining it as we see it. Just as the acid is about to eat its way through the coffin, um, my glasses, I yeah, thought. Yeah, I right. did too. I thought the same thing. Um, the coffin is suddenly like on a riverbank and split open. Very unnatural. So clearly something has happened. But it seems like the Ace Chemicals pipe just kind of dumped him right out, much the same way the Joker kind of survived his own ordeal back in mm-hmm. the day. And listen, it brings us back to the frame story. Uh, Sid knows he has to get out of town. Yeah. Eddie G sent him to Thorne, who ends up being the man behind the drug ring in the first place, to obtain his help. And that is why Sid is there today. And now we know why we have Thorne in the episode, because yeah. Thorne, he gives him that smile, and then Thorne turns on him. Thorne thinks he's been had. Uh, basically, Thorne is like, what do you think, I'm a fucking fool? Yeah. Right? Uh you took out Batman and made a fool of the Joker. No one is that lucky or that stupid. Yeah. Thorne accuses him of trying to muscle in on his drug racket and of trying to take a shot at him. Uh, and- I do. I do find it interesting that Thorne doesn't doesn't underestimate Sid. He overestimates. He him. overestimates him for sure. But like, makes me think that Rupert Thorne might be one of the few people out there who actually would be able to understand how dangerous someone like the Penguin is. Looks... For sure. Looks, obviously... Thorne's not someone deceived by looks. Exactly. Yes, yes, I agree. Yes. Yeah, because he sees Sid and most people will be like, this fucking twerp, but he's yeah. like, no, he's major. Yeah, yeah. Um, Even though he's not. But of course he's not. Yeah. But only we know that. It's yeah, dramatic irony. Exactly. The audience knows exactly. that. He doesn't. Oh, very nice. Very nice English term. Thank right. you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. So Thorne says he will help Sydney to get out of Gotham. How nice. Oh, in a pine box. In a pine box. Yeah, he pulls out a gun. Yeah, that fucking guy that plays Thorne. Um, yeah. That's um, John Vernon. Yeah, so good. What a good voice What he a has. good just voice. Big authoritative voice. Yeah, it's so good. It's just He's got a delicious voice. He really yeah. does. Um, Sydney braces because he thinks he's about to be shot. And we hear shots and he squeals, but they're coming from outside. Yeah. Outside Thorne's office. There's the sounds of a struggle. Thorne's henchman gets kicked through the door and fucking Batman Batman. shows up in all his fucking glory and they play the light motif on the huge organ. It's so good. Because he's fucking back from the dead. He's fucking alive. He's the Undertaker. Okay. Oh man, Taker. Fucking showed up. I love Taker. I love Taker. (laughs) All right. So... Batman just fucking throws Thorn around Yo, like a tissue. That's a big tissue. That's a big. It's like a yeah. three hundred and fifty yeah, pound tissue. Big he boy. just throws him around his own office, and then he then he breaks his jaw. Yeah, he like he batarang stars his gun. He disables his gun. He breaks the guy's jaw. He knocks him out. Holy what's, shit! What's great is you you don't see him get punched because they do it off right. camera, but you, but you hear him get punched, and then you see Thorn dizzyingly, dizzyingly with like his face out of shape. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, he, like oh, his jaws off oh, his fucking yeah. skull. <laughs> um, and Batman's saying things while he's doing. It. He's like, "This is for the drug ring." Yeah, you know, this whatever. is for this, and this is for me. Yeah. What? What is that from? Batman? Is that from Batman Begins? I don't remember. There's there's one of, one remember. of the Batman movies where where he goes, "This is for so and so. This is for so and so. And this is for me." Yeah, that, he, that sounds yeah, like yeah, something yeah. he was. I'm not calling the cops. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Um, I'm so, not the cops. <laughs> Batman and Sid have, I wrote, a very cute chat. Yeah. It's very sweet, actually. Uh, Sid's like, oh my God, you're alive. Thank God. Right? Mm -hmm. Batman explains that he swung away before the propane tank exploded. And Sid realizes, oh, it it was you who saved me from the Joker. You're the one who brought the coffin out of the acid and the water. Yeah. Um, And Batman says that, listen, while everyone believed he was dead, he was actually tailing Sid, looking for the brains of the drug operation. That's how he figured out it was Thorn. So Sid is like, well, I guess I'll be on my way. Uh, <laughs> like tries to get out of there. But Batman Batman's goes, like, uh-uh-uh. He, does, no, the, you're, he you're, does the... You were an accomplice to Thorne's gang. And Sid's kind of sad. He's like, I guess I can't win for losing, huh? Yeah. And then Batman has like a good, compassionate, yeah. big dad Batman line. Yeah. I don't know. In the right environment, a man of your dangerous reputation could get a lot of respect. And then we have like one of the most like heartwarming epilogues ever yeah. in Batman the Animated Series. I just had a huge smile watching yeah. this each time I watched it. We get this establishing shot of Stonegate on the water. And then inside, the inmates are cheering Sid, just like they did in the Bad Guy Tavern, as he's being walked down the corridor. That's the man that nearly off the bat. He set up Rupert Thorne. He made a fool of the Joker. Don't mess with that man. Hero. And Sid smiles. And just under the pitch of anybody that can hear, he says, Big shot at last. What a fucking good episode. Very good episode. Very, very good episode. They also know how to stick the landing because the the Tim Deeney endings are so good. Oh, that Almost Got Him ending is unbeatable. Almost Got Him isn't isn't Tim Deeney though, is it? No. Uh, Almost Got Him is actually Deeney Radomski. Yes, yes. But But it's, it's, I mean, Bruce Tim is technically on all of these episodes, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's still, you know what? I guess we could say Deeney really sticks the landing, but it's, it's, they're together here. Yeah. Um, Fucking awesome. Mike, what are your closing thoughts on The Man Who Killed Batman? One of the best, man. One of the best. Uh, the Joker is both incredibly entertaining and also incredibly terrifying. Sid the Squid is such an unlikely hero uh, for love, this episode. I love, I love And I love that we don't ever see him again, by the way. This is yeah, a, he's a one-off a, character. One and, one and done. And I like that it shows 
you know, we say that a lot. Restrictions can sometimes create brilliance and genius. Yep. And this is one of those episodes that does that. So this is a terrific episode up and down. There's not a an ounce of fat on this episode. And it's definitely one of the best episodes of cartoons ever. I so agree. I think the quality on it's sky high. It looks great. There, there are a lot of things I missed in this episode. Like I should describe more. Like there are a lot of great shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this episode. But um, I think it's great. The storytelling conventions they mm -hmm. use are terrific. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel clumsy at all. Yeah. It flows so well. Yeah. It really becomes also for a time about the relationship Joker has with Batman, mm -hmm. even though Batman isn't in those scenes. Yeah, he's not. He's not. So it, it's, it's really amazing. It just shows you how important that relationship is, and it kind of fundamentally establishes those characters even further into the mythos of pop culture. Yeah. And their relationship to each other. 100%. Um, ranking in the series. Uh, for me, this is, I think, number four. I think that's good. It could go a little lower as we go on. It might. Because there are a couple coming up that I'm like, oh, that's really good. Yeah, uh, I'm also... in my yeah. top ten for sure. <clears throat> Definitely a top ten, probably a top five, yeah. Yes. Uh, so right now it's my it's in my top four. I'm putting it uh, behind Heart of Ice. It's not as high as Heart of Ice. But I think it might be ahead of like Beware the Grey Ghost. Yeah. And a few of those. Yeah. Um, but definitely in the top 10. I'm not sure where. It's in the middle of the 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so somewhere in there. I, I think it's great. And again, I stand by it. Uh, I think it's the best Joker episode. Definitely. All right. Um, listen, that's it for The Man Who Killed Batman. Yeah. Uh, one of the best episodes in the series. And thank you for joining us. And I think some of you may have joined us just for this one. We have Good. a couple like that. Uh, if you're interested in joining us for other episodes in the series, please come back and join us. I promise, even when we're covering a bad episode, you, the listener, will still have a good time. I highly suggest you go and watch The Underdweller <laughs> and The Forgotten. The Forgotten. Because our yes. coverage on those episodes is oh quite good. And of course, oh, your least Prophecy favorite. Prophecy of Doom. Prophecy of Doom. Yeah, I just rail on that episode for an hour. <laughs> That's your least favorite. That's oh, your I That's hate your that episode. Ranked episode. Terrible. I think it's a little fun, but it's it's still terrible. Um, all right, listen. Next time we'll be uh, returning uh, to Clayface. Yeah. In mudslide Ooh. with Mike. I love it. Yeah, all we're right. gonna take you on a mudslide journey. Oh baby. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, you can find us on all the social medias at Batman Tasticast, and you can also leave a review, share this with your friends, give it a like, subscribe to whatever on the podcatcher of your choosing. Also, feel free to reach out to Jordan and I because we love hearing from you and we love the conversations we get to have with you through the internet, through the beauty of social media when it works well. All right, everyone, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.